Welcome to the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast brought to you by Keep Playing Baseball. This is your host, Ethan Gavon, coming to you from Sacramento, California. Keep Playing Baseball is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping every high school baseball player navigate the recruiting process and play college baseball. At Keep Playing Baseball, we don't think money should dictate college baseball opportunity, and all our resources, including this podcast, are 100% free. No signups, no fees, no strings attached. We use the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast in many different ways, but the main point is to get you the information you need to keep playing baseball. We appreciate you tuning in to the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast, the best source of recruiting information on the go. What's up, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast brought to you by Keep Playing Baseball. On today's episode, we have a few of our own. We're going to do some talking about D1 baseball. And with me, I have Eric Johnson and Tom Briner. Tom, why don't you start off by just introducing yourself? Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, Looking forward to walking through some of our experiences today. Um, I am the co-founder and on the board of Keep Playing Baseball and looking forward to uh, just sharing some stories about the recruiting process and uh, college baseball experience. Yeah. How about you, Eric? What's your story? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm Eric Johnson. I'm also on the board of Keep Playing Baseball and uh, really excited to be talking to you guys today. Um, I was a first baseman in college, um, just had an absolutely fantastic experience actually playing with Tom at UC Davis. And uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to kind of talking about uh, some of our experiences. Yeah, and just full disclosure, you know, we got three board members here, three of the people who uh, have been with Keep Playing Baseball since the beginning. So it'll be fun to talk baseball. And really what we want to dial it in on is just talking about the college experience and then more specifically D1 baseball. So as Eric mentioned, Tom and Eric played together at UC Davis. I also coached some Division One baseball. So I'll throw some insight in there, but mainly just want to, uh, to get these guys talking about their experience and get some good information about the recruiting process and D1 baseball. So We'll just jump right into things. Um, Eric, why don't you kick this one off? I want to take it back to the very beginning. So when did you know you wanted to play college baseball? And then what what was your next step? How did you get the recruiting process started? Yeah, so I think I knew I wanted to play college baseball really as soon as I had made the freshman baseball team at my high school. I Once I made that team, I really felt like I I, I wanted – I belonged – playing ball and I wanted to keep playing ball no matter what. And so as things progressed, as I you know, eventually made the varsity team in, in high school, I just really looked for any opportunity I could to, to get myself in front of a college coach. Sometimes that was uh, you know, some type of, of camp where there were a bunch of coaches watching, but a lot of times it was just you know, maybe a coach would show up at a game or maybe it would just be like shooting off an email to a coach and letting them know, hey, I'm going to be playing in your area sometime soon. Or, you know, hey, here are my stats this year. And these are the type of grades that I have. Are you, are you guys interested in, you know, trying to take it from there? Once I started making contact with coaches, I think that that's when things really took off. Uh, you know, I was able to to kind of make some contact and get some interest from people. And once I had interest, I was able to 
to capitalize on that and, and figure out where I wanted to go play college ball. So a pretty proactive approach then in terms of reaching out and, and really putting yourself out there. Yeah, absolutely. I was never the best guy on my team. I mean, I was lucky enough to play at a play ball at a really good high school. We have, I think that right now there are two or three guys from my high school team that are playing in the big leagues. And so I was, I was never the the number one talent on my team, but I was always very willing to go and reach out to coaches and, and try to make my presence known. And I also had really good grades in high school. And so I was, you know, very proactive with telling coaches, Hey, I'm, I'm good academically and, you know, I can help your team GPA and I'll work really hard to, uh, to be a student athlete in college. And coaches are really excited about that. Cool. How about you, Tom is, you know, we, we kind of talked and joked earlier about how you got some, some letters from scouts and you thought you were on the, on the pipeline to major league baseball, but when did you know you wanted to play college baseball and then how did you launch into the recruiting process? Yeah. So I think for me, um, growing up in Reading, we didn't have access to a lot of college baseball. Um, I remember turning on a Comcast, I think it was Comcast Sportsnet at the time, and they showed a Stanford game and just being really, really intrigued by not only the sound of the bats, uh, those were some of the old metal bats that had a really high pitched sound, um, but just kind of watching the pace of the game and, and how quickly things moved. Um, and you know, how big and strong guys were being really intrigued, but, uh, getting into, to junior high, I realized that, you know, I, I had a, a chance to do th- something special, um, kind of made my selection on which high school I was going to go to based on which I thought would give me the best opportunity. Um, and then getting into high school, uh, started out on the, the junior varsity team. My, the first half of the year ended up getting called up, um, to the varsity team and remember uh, a very clear moment where I was looking around and just wondering how I was ever going to get that big, be able to throw that hard, or ever catch up with uh, a fastball that I was seeing. Um, and after settling in a few games on varsity, I thought, you know, this is there's there's definitely an opportunity here, and uh, and started pushing, but. Um, to be totally honest, I, I, I didn't really set my sights on Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. I was really just trying to play, get as you know, get as good as I possibly could, um, and then see where it took me. So uh, I was fortunate enough to um, actually be discovered by some some coaches that were there watching uh, an opposing player uh, and had a good good game um, during that particular game they were at, and uh, kind of sparked interest. So that puts you on the radar. I think that's a great point to bring up for people listening at home is just, you never know with the game of baseball, right? You just never know who's watching and you never know when that opportunity comes. So once you got that opportunity, once you landed on the radar, how did you make it happen? And then how did you end up at UC Davis? Yeah. So I actually um, met with a, an organization that will take your money to market you. Uh, after, after meeting with them and kind of learning more about what they did, um, decided that it probably wasn't going to be the best fit for me. Um, I got invited to a, uh, state all-star game actually, which is where I first met Eric. Um, and he and I both played or represented the Northern California team on the, the state all-star team versus Southern California. Uh, I had a good, a good tryout. And at that point, um, was able to open some eyes, but that, that, 
uh, event, the, the tryouts for the Northern California team. It was an invite only thing, um, but it wasn't, you know, as exclusive as some of the, the other showcases you see, and it was totally free. So uh, in terms of, of getting exposure, there are ways to, to get seen without, you know, paying extra money, whether you're going through a service or going through some of the showcases. Cool. How about you, Eric? How did you end up landing at UC Davis? And what did that process look like as you, you know, weighed your options and, and tried to find what place was the best fit for you? So, you know, like Tom, I, uh, well, I participated in that same, same all-star game that Tom was talking about. And I did a couple of other camps, I think, that were in front of a large number of coaches. I actually don't remember exactly where UC Davis saw me. I do remember one time when they had already seen me and I was at a camp and I struck out all five times that I went to the plate that day. It was like the worst hitting day I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and a coach from Davis came up to me afterward and said that he was glad that I did so bad because that meant that they were the only ones that knew I was any good, which was sort of disheartening, but also sort of encouraging at the same time. Yeah. But I think that I, I got in touch with the Davis coaches relatively early, must have been through one of those those camps. But then I was just kind of looking at colleges generally to, to try to figure out where I wanted to go. I, I at first thought that I wanted to go to a small college, maybe even like a small private college. Uh, for those of you that don't know UC Davis, it, it is not either of those things. It's huge, a uh, huge public university. And I really just discovered over time, you know, by by learning more about the schools and by visiting a campus that Davis was where I wanted to be for school, not just for baseball. And then I also thought that, that the program would be a good fit for me. And so that was, that was actually a huge factor in my decision was figuring out where I wanted to go to school academically, taking baseball out of the equation and then factoring in baseball, trying to figure out if baseball would work for me there as well. Yeah. I think you bring up a number of good points right there. Um, I've worn that sombrero a few times myself. Um, but it's a good point that, you know, the way you feel as a player and, and some of those things that really impact you in the moment, when you're looking at bringing a player on to improve a program, that's not necessarily what coaches are looking for. And Tom, maybe you can expand on that a little bit and, and just talk about some of the trials and tribulations you had in the recruiting process and how those might've actually helped you find a fit. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that a lot of coaches are not only looking for talent and someone that they can coach, um, but they're looking for attitude. And I, I can't tell you how many times uh, I actually worked camps during my, my college experience and how many times we would watch kids, you know, strike out or get called, called out on a, a, a questionable strike three um, and pout or throw something and do things like that. And how quickly uh, it got them removed from a list. Uh, I think what, what I really noticed is attitude is, is really everything. If, if coaches see um, that, that an athlete might be able to, to perform to the level that, that they think, um, as long as they're coachable and they have the right attitude, uh, it's pretty much you know all, all systems go in terms of going after them uh, and bringing them on onto the, the campus. Uh, in terms of mine, I think that uh, you know I – I really was was kind of heads down and, and not really worried about it. I think um, one of the, the actually Eric will, will remember this well. So I, I performed really well at the at the camp 
that or no, excuse me, not the camp, the uh, the tryout for the North North South All Star Game. Um, I think I faced six guys and struck out like four of them, and and just threw well. Uh, I it put me in position to actually start um, the third game of the series, which was at UC Irvine. Um, I think in my previous high school year, I had I had walked three guys in sixty five innings, I believe. Um, and I ended up walking the first hitter of the game on four pitches, uh, and then proceeded to absolutely get lit up. Uh, I think I lasted like an inning and a third and it just was absolutely terrible. Uh, I remember leaving thinking, well, that, that's pretty much, uh, the end of that. Maybe I need to start thinking about other options or, or, or even maybe move into a position or whatever it might be. Um, and sure enough, it was a similar thing to, to Eric where the coaches had already seen enough. Uh, and they wanted to really see how I reacted to, you know, not having such a good day. Uh, so again, it worked out well, but I guess I wanted to turn it to you as well. Ethan. what, what, at what moment did you think, um, Hey, this is a realistic possibility. Yeah. You know, for me, and I've talked about this a little bit on one of our recent podcasts, so I won't get too long winded, but when I was looking at college programs for me, it's kind of similar to you, right? I, thought about the big name schools that you see on TV or, you know, you saw in the regionals every year. And to be quite honest, I, I just thought I was going to play division one baseball. You know, I didn't really know about the other options that were out there. I was one of the better players in my area. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to do my thing. I, I contacted some schools, tried to be proactive, but I really wasn't doing the right things. I was sending like newspaper clippings and things like that. So this was, um, you know, this was back in the day. So I'm a little bit older than you guys. Um, so we didn't quite have some of those platforms that are available now. And, um, honestly it was just by chance that I ended up at a D3 program. I had a opportunity to walk on as a recruited walk on at Santa Barbara. And then I got into Carleton college, which is in Minnesota as a D3 program and um, very good school. And my mom basically said, you know what, this is where you're going. And I said, no way. And she said, well, unless you want to pay for your school, um, I think you should go give this a shot. So uh, mama knows best. And off I went and (laughs) actually ended up having a great experience out there. So um, she didn't know what was best, what was best for me. So um yeah, I, I think what I would have done differently, uh, knowing what I know now, is just be a lot more prepared um, and kind of lay out a plan that I could follow that would give me the best shot to end up where I wanted to go. So, yeah, I didn't quite make it to the big time like you guys. So uh, let's talk about that D1 experience. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys were freshmen at UC Davis together. We were, we were, we were roommates. Uh, Eric and I actually lived together all five years of college. Um, I say five because we both uh, took a a red shirt year. Got to get that bonus year in while you can. It was, it was totally worth it. Absolutely. Uh Yeah. So what, I mean, what was that like? You guys end up at UC Davis. You're excited. You show up on campus. What was that transition? Like, let's, let's start off with, you know, you're kind of welcome to, college baseball moment? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I think, you know, showing up, it was, it was always really interesting because you, you weren't fully, um, 
you know, knowing what to expect. Uh, everyone kind of shows up at the batting cages and you see guys around, but until you really get into a, a full practice, uh, you don't quite realize, um, one, how good everyone is, two, how strong everyone is, and then three, how long of days that you're actually committing to. Um, Eric and I would wake up about 5.30 a.m. Our alarm would go off. Uh, I believe Eric's was a, a song that was absolutely terrible. Mine <laughs> probably was as well. Um, and we'd ride our bikes uh, about a half, half mile to a mile to weights. Uh, sometimes it would be as low as like, you know, 28 degrees in the morning was not ideal for bike rides. It'd be in, in full ski masks and just bundled up. Uh, go to weights from from six to to seven. Condition from seven to eight. Eat breakfast from eight to eight thirty, um, and then be in class from you know about nine to nine to noon. Practice from twelve thirty to you know three. Class in the afternoon and then study hall in the evening. So I think for me, one of the biggest changes and and adjustments that I had to make was just the amount of time committed uh, in the day and how structured everything every single day was. I think. Eric did a much better job uh, adjusting to the structure than I did. Um, I, I remember even going to him asking like how to study for some of my classes and what I needed to do because I just felt overwhelmed at times uh, with the amount of, of time you know I was putting into baseball as well as school. But I think Eric can probably elaborate a little more. Yeah, I think Tom is dead on on a lot of that. And I, I don't know if I was that good at, at adjusting to the structure, but uh, but I appreciate it. Um, no, I think that one of the biggest changes for me too was, you know, you go into college having just come off a year where you are the top dog. Like, no matter what, your senior year of high school is a pretty special time. Like, you, you pretty much feel like you rule the school. And for a lot of guys that are going to play college ball, no matter what level, you were probably one of the better players on your team. You've probably been, you know, playing, probably starting for quite some time. And you show up at college and you are the absolute bottom of the totem pole. I remember our first practice, I showed up and I, you know, I had been a good player. I, I had been a starter on varsity in high school for a couple of years and was feeling pretty good about myself for getting recruited and going to play at a D1 school. And I showed up and there was a fifth year ahead of me at first base and a fourth year right behind him at first base. And I was very clearly third in line and, you know, it was, I was not going to play that year. I redshirted that year. And so that was kind of a big shock to me. And it's something that you, you sort of have to wrap your mind around and then just use as fuel. And, and you have to kind of like work through it because there's nobody's going to feel bad for you there. You're, you're there to work and to play hard and to win. And if you aren't willing to put in the work and help the team win, even if you're just a bench guy, then there's somebody else that's going to fill your spot. And so I think that was one of the biggest realizations for me was just how how you go from the absolute top just to back at the bottom and how you have to work your way back up. And then as far as academically, I mean, Tom explained the whole schedule and that's just, it's so, so unbelievable to hear now and to think back that we did that every day. But it's, again, it's dead on. It's, you know, you're, you're working for 12, 14 hours every single day. It's like having a full-time job plus going to school. And, you know, that doesn't even count when you feel like your swing's a little out of whack and you want to put in extra time at the batting cages, or you need an extra day in the weight room just because you feel like you need to put in a little extra work or something like that. 
it's, I mean, it's a grind. It's an absolute grind. And so it's one of those things where you really have to love the game in order to put in that work. But if you love it, it's completely worth it. And the guys that you meet, you spend so much time with them that they really become your second family. And that's, that's pretty special. And I mean, I know for both Tom and I, our best friends today, uh, for the most part, are all ball players that we played with at some level, mostly in college. And so that's, that's a pretty special thing. Yeah. And I would echo that same sentiment from, from my experience. And I've talked about it with Tom before that, you know, I look at pictures from my wedding and I'm surrounded by guys I played either high school or college baseball with and a pretty healthy mix of both. And, you know, brings up two points for me. One, you know, cherish the moment when you're in high school. I know it can be easy to look ahead. You've got exciting things ahead of you in college. Maybe you commit a little early or, you know, you're still working really hard to get that, you know, secure your spot on a college roster. And so you're so focused on college. And I think you hit the nail on the head with your talk about love of the game, Eric. It's just, you know, you really have to take the time to enjoy your high school experience. And then you also have that college experience to look forward to. So same thing, you know, the guys who I turn to when I'm in trouble or I need some advice, those are the guys that I played ball with. So um, really great point that speaks to kind of that college experience and going through such a crazy schedule and such a committed uh, focused time in your life with a bunch of guys is, is pretty cool. But there's one aspect that you talked about that I want um, I want you to kind of dive into a little bit more if you're willing. Um, you mentioned that, you know, you didn't play as a freshman. So was that a surprise to you? Was playing time something that factored into your decision about where you were going to school? Cause I think that's a, a piece that a lot of kids miss in chasing after, you know, the biggest and best name out there is they fail to realize what the reality is when they get to campus. So was that on your radar at all? You know, I think you're dead, you're dead on there because I never really considered playing time. I don't ever actually remember looking at, you know, who played my position when I was getting recruited or, or really thinking through, you know, that guy will still be here as a senior when I show up as a freshman or, or something like that. It didn't play a factor in my decision. And it actually worked out okay. I mean, you think about it too. I I came in as a first baseman. I'm 6'5", so I'm a tall guy. I think that coming out of high school, I was like 170 pounds. And there was just no way that I was going to stand up to a full college baseball season. I just didn't have the physical strength. And so for me, redshirting a year worked out well. I just worked out a lot. I got a lot stronger. I learned the game. By the time I got to my sophomore year, I was actually in a position where I started a fair amount, which was which was great. And that was... I say my sophomore year, it would have been my redshirt freshman year for baseball. So I put myself in a position where I was a starter for the majority of my four years of playing at Davis. That said, it's tough. I mean, again, you go from being the top of the totem pole, from being the guy at your school or one of the best players, or at the very least, probably a starter, to somebody who sits for 56 games. And that's really hard. And, and it's something where you just have to have mental toughness to get through that and to still help your team and practice hard and work hard and find ways to contribute in any way you can. Sure. Yeah. Tom, from a on-field perspective, what did your freshman year look like? Did you have a similar story to Eric or did you, did you play right away? Yeah. Good question. So I uh, did not redshirt my freshman year. Um, I saw some innings early on and then had a couple rough outings in a row and did not see the mound very often. 
Um, so through, you know, very minimal amount that, that first year, um, I think that the one thing to, to consider is, um, you know, the, the jump from a, a freshman in high school to a senior in high school is, is very, very different physically. Um, I think that, you know, any, any, I guess you'd be a 14 year old versus an 18 year old, you're going to be in a very different physical place. Uh, it's not that different from an 18 year old to a 22 year old who's a senior in college. One, because they've seen, you know, they, they understand the long days. They've, they've spent two or three years going through those long days. They're probably much stronger and mentally strong just from handling that, that particular workload. Um, so I, I think that a lot of times it's important for, for folks to check their ego, um, you know, upon showing up on, on campus, right? Everyone starts from a legal or excuse me, an equal playing field. Um, and if you can earn a position as a freshman, great. And I, I think that one thing that is, is a common myth that I hear is that, you know, I'm going to this college because I'm guaranteed playing time. There's no one that, you know, they can guarantee you money or, or different, different things that uh, coaches will offer. But playing time is not something that, you know, you can always point back to. If you're struggling or if you simply shouldn't be on the mound, um, you know, they're not going to put you out there. So I, I would say find the right program that's going to make you the best player possible in, in long term versus worrying about your first year at, on, on campus. I think your first year on campus, if you play, that's a, that's a bonus. That should be just a cherry on top. But uh, primarily getting acquainted to the school, um, you know, making sure that, that you're building uh, great, great social relationships with your teammates and other folks around campus and learning how to, to, uh, process and succeed in these really long days. Yeah, that's, uh, definitely echoes what I experienced as a coach. You know, you kind of, you bring in this, this new batch of players each year and everyone's excited and ready to go. And then they kind of get smacked in the mouth and you see this deer in the headlights look, and it really does sometimes take a few years going through that that experience and, and and learning from some of your failures and just as Eric said, gaining the strength and the physicality to compete with grown men who have been doing it for a few years. So, you know, you, you go from this deer in the headlights look to, you know, in a few years, you know what to expect and, and you know how to deal with it. And um, so I'm sure you guys have, some great memories from the, from the early years. So when you think about your transition from high school to college, do you think about that, that daily grind, that daily schedule that you talked about, or are there any specific memories or, or stories that you want to share about the early years of college baseball? Sure. I mean, for me, I think one of the stories all or, or memories that I'll, I'll never forget was, was my first hit, my first, start we went down to play ucla at the beginning of a season and thinking back on it now it's even cooler because in that series we faced garrett cole and trevor bauer both big league pitchers um and so that was that was a pretty cool experience and i got a single not off one of those guys but i had a single right back up the middle for my first hit and to me i'll, I'll never forget that because it was just the culmination that was my red shirt freshman year so it was the culmination of what had essentially been a full year and a half of work, right? A full year, my freshman year of never getting to play. And then all of the fall ball and the practices and the workouts again, before the start of my redshirt freshman year. 
And so that was finally the moment where it was like, okay, you finally arrived. You finally gotten a chance to, to get in a game and, and get a hit. But, you know, the funny thing is I don't, and maybe Tom differs from me on this, but most of my memories are not of specific games. They're not of, you know, specific hits or, you know, plays out in the field. There are plenty, but, but most of my memories are actually just like the times you spend hanging out with everybody, the times you spend working, you know, in the weight room, joking around with guys in the clubhouse that's the those are the times that are really the best times you have in college and I think are really the most important because the game will leave you behind at some point it doesn't matter what level you play to you can go to the big leagues and at some day the game will leave you behind but the experiences you have while you're playing the game uh, with your teammates and just getting the chance to compete and to be on this team that is all striving for one goal that's just incredibly cool. And you'll never get that experience again. And that's what makes college baseball so great. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I think there, while there are a lot of great moments um, and memories from, from games and, and series and things like that, I, I think that the things that I miss the most about it now um, are, which, which is, sounds very silly to say, but bus rides, we used to have a lot of fun. We'd watch movies. We would, you know, give each other a hard time. It was always fun and we'd stop and get dinner somewhere along the way. Um, just kind of interacting with each other throughout the day. Um, and then I, I think another, another thing that I, that I really miss is, is, and this is going to sound even sillier probably, but, uh, our stretch lines, like stretch lines for us were a time when we would catch up, um, kind of, you know, talk about what's going on in major league baseball or around our league or whatever it may be. Um, but it was always just very loose and, and a lot of like, you know, guys talking and having, having a good time. Uh, those are, those are kind of what I miss the most looking back at it. And I, I think it just comes back to com- camaraderie. Um, and, and, and as Eric mentioned, it's your second family, right? We, I was spending way more hours with my, my baseball teammates, uh, and coaches than I was with my family. Um, and, and those are the people that, you know, you, you go, you know, you fight for every single day on the field. So, um, yeah, I, I think that looking back more as an overall experience rather than the individual moments is what stick out at me. Very cool. I also like how Eric casually just was like, yeah, Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer who are big leaguers and fails to mention that they're, you know, two of the best pitchers in the major league. That yeah, was, a you know, staff. I almost, almost hit a home run off Trevor Bauer, but it was a slider and not a fastball. And so I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Funny, I was... <laughs> funny story about Trevor Bauer. Um, this same series, uh, we didn't know much about him yet. He was actually coming out of the bullpen. We knew a lot about Garrett Cole. It was the first series of the year. Um, and in about the second inning, one of their guys runs down to like, they have like a clubhouse area down the left field line. And he's throwing medicine balls against the wall. He's doing band work. He's got stuff thrown over his head. He's doing like exercises I have never seen before. And he's doing all these from the second inning, literally until the eight, middle of the eighth inning when he starts getting on a mound in the bullpen and comes in uh, in the ninth inning. And he, uh, I think he, as a, as a true freshman, he was, he was sitting somewhere in the like 94 to 97 range um with like a, a very very good curveball and, and like a, a put away change up so it was great I, i've never seen anything like it before in terms of the preparation went that went into his his uh 
one one inning. Um, I think for myself, I would have been exhausted by about the fourth, but clearly he, he knew uh, how to do something a little bit better than I did. Yeah, he knows his body and, uh, you know, kind of a pioneer in terms of that tour type of uh, preparatory work, which is now very common and you see it. Um, that's funny. I would have liked to see Eric maybe try and slide by there as if his first hit had been against one of those guys instead of being completely honest. But um, a cool, cool yeah, memory. We, all can, we can dream. Yeah, right. Um, all right. So let's, let's transition a little bit. So what I want you guys to do in, in this next little segment, I want you to address yourself as a ninth grader who's, who wants to play college baseball and you know nothing about the recruiting process yet. Eric, we'll start with you. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give ninth grade Eric and what would you do differently? I think that I would be confident. I think that was the first thing. I think ninth grade Eric wasn't sure whether or not he could even play baseball at the high school level. I actually remember, I think after school one day, I, th- I, I must have been in eighth grade, actually, my mom taking me to a high school baseball game at the high school that I was going to go to and saying, do you think you can play here? And she thought I could play there. But the question was to me, it was, do you feel confident enough to play there? And after watching, I, I said, yeah, I think I can. But I think that that was one of the biggest turning points for me is that I needed that confidence to say, you can actually play at this level. And then moving up to varsity, do you think you can play there? Yes, I can play there. And, and getting that confidence to play at that level. And I think the same is true for college. It's when you show up on day one, you really have to take a look around and realize, sure, you're starting from the bottom, but do you think you can play there? Yeah, you have to have that confidence. That's not to say you have to have an ego. I think Tom made a great point earlier when you said you have to check your ego at the door. The easiest way to get on your teammate's bad side is to come in with some type of ego or swagger and to act like you totally belong and you know, you're know God's gift to that team. But I think you do, you absolutely have to come in with confidence that you belong because without that confidence, you're just, you're not going to be able to do it. And so I think that that's, that's the biggest thing that I would say, you know, going back to my ninth grade self is, is just play with confidence. Nice. How about you, Tom? What, what are you saying to uh, little ninth grade Tom? Uh, I think I would start with eat better, drink less soda, <laughs> um, and take care of yourself. Uh, I I was I was very 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 thin and and didn't really understand how important nutrition was. Um, I I think you know I I I, I try to try trying to think about this in, in detail. Like the the confidence thing was something that was kind of ingrained just in in me being in Reading, um, and I think it kind of hurt me to a fault. Uh, in terms of, I, I wasn't was never trying to be cocky, but I was always confident that I could throw a fastball by any any hitter. Um, Eric can attest that that's not true. Uh, but I remember, you know, getting to Davis and being like, "Wow, these guys are really good," but I could still throw fastballs by them. And then realizing, okay, that's that's not going to happen. Um, so I would say, I what I would tell ninth grade Tom is is continue to work on things that you uh, aren't good at. So what I mean by that is, is I had a good fastball. I could throw it by every, every high school kid in my area, majority of the time. Um, but I wasn't throwing curveballs as much as I should. I wasn't, I had no change up. 
um, because I, I just really didn't have a need for it. So in terms of looking back on it, I, I think that I could have fine tuned some of those, those skills. And, and I, I think this is really relevant for kids, maybe in, in some of the more rural areas um, where it's harder to get really good competition. Um, you know, thinking about, Hey, what can I do to make myself better? Not only for the locally, but regionally. Um, it, you know, am I going to be able to get the best hitter out in that other league with a fastball every time? Probably not. I'm going to have to throw some other things. So I, I think just, just kind of thinking bigger, uh, in terms of your, your own self-development. Yeah. Just having some awareness about what you're up against and particularly nowadays when recruiting is happening on a national and even international scale where, you know, some of the, the best programs and the programs with the biggest recruiting budgets and even smaller budgets with video now, um, you know, they're really looking nationally to bring players to make their program better. And that's what you're up against. So um, you guys both make some good points. Now, what I really want to know is when you guys would enter squad, would you get Eric out or would Eric be hitting lasers off you? I would Come, throw you want to handle that one. <laughs> Eric hit me very, very, very well. Um, I <laughs> refused out of pride. And again, getting back to my confidence was maybe one of my downfalls. Uh, I was going to throw him fastballs every single time. And Eric was going to hit fastballs every single time. So did I learn anything? No. Would I do it again? I probably just put it, you know, hit him next time, brush him back a few times. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I think Eric, Eric won that particular matchup. Any home, any home runs on the on the record, Eric? No, that's that's the one downside to the whole story. No home runs. Yeah, well, against Tom. <laughs> Good. Good clarification there. Some of us on this yeah. pod, some of the, some of us on this podcast only hit foul home runs in our yeah. college baseball career, unfortunately. <laughs> that's, so that's, that's all right. They they still count. I was uh, I don't know if you guys saw this the other day. There's a uh, new camera that they're introducing in Major League Baseball uh, on the umpire's helmet, um, and there was a tweet going around as Mitch Haniger hitting a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch Haniger, I, I fell behind him three, three, three balls, one strike in college, my fifth year, I'd got him out two times before we were up like four to one in the eighth inning. I'd thrown, you know, uh, all the way up to that point, decided that I was going to throw a challenge fastball three, one. And, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if the balls landed yet. Still um, going. If there was a, uh, an umpire cam, it probably would have exploded. Um, on the point of impact <laughs> too much too much for the technology to handle yeah yeah i know my my brain exploded when he hit it so he's a mlb all-star now i can't be that that sad about it yeah well you know i never got a chance to see you guys play but you can certainly name drop with the best of them so um <laughs> that'll that'll get some listeners on the podcast maybe we should just tag all the guys from the stories that were that we're telling and, and see if they have any reaction. We could, we could probably get definitely, uh, I mean, I could list the number of guys that hit home runs off me and it would, I don't know if you can tag that many people in one post, but we can try. <laughs> We've reached our limit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That's funny. All right, let's uh, we'll get serious for just a little bit more. Um, I want to, you know, UC Davis is obviously a very good school. Um, so I'm wondering if you guys could just give some advice to a high school kid or a parent who's listening out there. And uh, how did you guys balance, you know, once you figured out how to manage that daily schedule, how did you balance the rigors of academic life with baseball? Tom, kick this one off. Yeah. So uh, I, I think for me, it was, it was just understanding what I needed to do to be successful. So my freshman year, I, I wasn't, you know, totally aware of how important office hours were. I wasn't taking advantage of some of the resources that we had available in terms of student tutors. Um, and, and just making sure that, you know, I, I was doing the right things. I think, I, I don't know if, if I necessarily worked harder later in my career in terms of academically, but I think I worked a lot smarter. So I think rather than sit down and try to figure something out and, and give myself a headache, um, I sought out, you know, a tutor. I would go to office hours and sit down with the, with the professor. Um, in terms of the workload, I think that I, I became better and better at, at going to a professor and saying, hey, this is our schedule. It looks like we're going to miss four classes. Um, what's the best way for, for us to go to about, about this? Like, obviously, I would love to be in, in the chair and in, in, in classroom, but um, this is my, my, my commitment to the university. And um, majority of the professors that, at Davis were really, really flexible and worked with us um, and really created a plan to make sure that, that we had access to the, the materials we needed to be successful. So I, I think for me, it was, it was just working smarter and taking advantage of those resources um, and, and not being afraid to speak up and ask for help uh, versus just, just you know, putting my head down and thinking, oh, I got to figure this out on my own. Yeah, get that help before you actually fall behind and it's too late to catch up. Exactly. How about you, Eric? You know, I think that the point you just started to make there was, was the one that really was the most important for me. And that is I had to make sure that I was always on top of everything because it's so easy to fall behind when you're, you know, on the road four days a week and you're missing a bunch of classes. And we were on the quarter system, which means there's only 10 weeks of class before your finals. As soon as you start to fall behind, you're digging yourself in a deep hole and it's incredibly hard to get back out and it takes a ton of work and it's really an amount of work that you don't have time to do with your schedule. And so for me, I think the most important thing was just really staying on top of all the work and just not letting it build up to the point where you're really putting yourself in a position where you can't succeed. So I think that that's, that for, for me is the most important piece of advice is just you're not going to want to do everything that you have to do because there's so much going on. There's so much baseball to play. There are all kinds of social activities to go out and, you know, meet all these new people in this new environment, but you have to take care of your academics as well. And for two reasons, I think the first is that's what's going to benefit you in the long term. Uh, that's what's going to benefit you, you know, after college in a career, again, regardless of, of at what point you finish playing at some point, the game will leave you behind. And so your academics will benefit you. But also, even if you want to look at it in the short term, you can't play if you have a grade point average, I, I think it was below like a 2.0 or something like that, but there's a cutoff, right? And if you aren't passing your classes, you're not going to play. And so just having that incentive of like, you need to get good grades in order to play baseball should be enough for you to be staying on top of your schoolwork. Definitely. And I think your answer is a good segue to what I wanted to ask you guys about next. And 
Um, Eric, why don't you continue with this one? But uh, just kind of curious how you guys feel like college baseball has prepared you for your professional life and your life after baseball. So not just the academic side, but also, you know, being involved on a, on a college baseball team. Now you've both gone on to be incredibly successful in your professional lives. So I'm wondering what part of the baseball experience helped you kind of get to where you are today? You know, I think the biggest part for me is that it teaches you how to work. It teaches you how to just put your nose to the grindstone and just get to work. And I think that that's something that in a professional setting, people really value. They really value seeing some type of athletics on your resume and hearing your stories about the long days that you put in in college, because they understand that it means that if you care about something, you're willing to put in that work and you're not going to sit there and complain and whine about a long, a long day or, you know, having to work a weekend or something like that. You're there to really get down to business and do the work. And so I think that that's the biggest thing is that college baseball just teaches you how to succeed later in life because it teaches you how to work. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I think that it, it gives you a lot of, a lot of, an, or a really good understanding of, of what it takes to be successful. Um, I, I think that, you know, all, all of the qualities that you commonly hear with, with athletics um, in terms of, you know, responsibility, accountability, um, work ethic, attitude, motivation, things like that. Uh, those are, those are obviously like like takeaways for me. Um, I I think another, another really, really under, um, really uh, like underreported or underestimated, um, value that, or, or thing that I got out of college was the network and the, the amount of guys that you play with, because you're playing summer ball, uh, all over the country, you know, you're, you're playing with guys from different schools, different parts of, of, of the country, um, different backgrounds, uh, and, and you're meeting a lot of really, really good people. So for me, it, it, it led to my first, uh, actually my first three jobs out of college were all connections that I had made through, um, playing baseball, whether it was at Davis or whether it was a, a travel team, or even, you know, one of my biggest connections was, was someone who I met um, a parent of, of a kid at a, at a baseball camp. So you never really know who you're going to meet. And it, it goes back to, um, you know, you, you never know as, as a player who the, the scouts or coaches might be there to watch. Um, all that, that matters uh, is that you're putting your best foot forward and, and knowing that anything can change in an instant and being ready for, for those opportunities to, you know, to show exactly what you're made of will lead to a lot of really awesome opportunities because obviously the goal is to have an awesome, awesome college baseball experience to get everything you wanted out of it. And if you can move on and play professional baseball, that's great. But like Eric said, you know, the game is, is going to walk away at some point and setting yourself up for, for success and life after baseball is what will contribute to your, your long-term happiness, you know, hopefully growing a family uh, and, and things like that. So the, 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 the network that, that I was able to, to put together from baseball was just really invaluable. Awesome. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's finish with this last question, uh, kind of open-ended and, you know, if you guys want to run with this in a different direction, go ahead. Um, but, uh, let's Eric, why don't you kick us off again and just give your best sales pitch for why someone should play college baseball, someone who's on the fence, someone who's wondering if this is, is worth all the effort. And we've talked a lot about it throughout here, I know, but kind of 
summarize your thoughts. What's your best sales pitch for college baseball? I mean, I think that if you play college baseball, God, that's, that's tough. That's a whole podcast, right? But if you play college baseball, look, you're going to, you get to compete and play the game that you love. You get to meet, you know, an incredible group of guys that you compete with and that, you know, probably will become some of your best friends. You learn how to work, you, you know, become a student athlete and you set yourself up for success in the future after college, whether it be in baseball or just in life. Like it's really hard playing college baseball, but it's also probably the most rewarding experience I've ever had. And I think that's why you play it because you'll look back on it as some of the best years you'll ever have. Pretty good. Can you top that Tom? I totally agree with that. I, but I, I think I would turn the question back around and say, you know, how, how bad do you want it? Like, do you want to play college baseball? Um, because that is really going to show whether you're going to take initiative in the recruiting process, reaching out to coaches, whether you're going to go up and introduce your, yourself to a coach. Um, because what you're going to get out of, of the college baseball experience is going to be awesome. But if you're not fully committed and, and you, you don't want to play or you're not sure whether you want to play, then, then it might not be for you. Um, if you're a guy, however, that loves the, the game of baseball, you like watching it, you like practicing, you like being with teammates, um, there's a place for you to play. It might not be the top D1 schools. It might be an NAI school. It might be a D3, D2, who knows? But you're going to have all the same experiences that Eric and I described today um, if you want it, right? right? So I, I would turn it around and say, well, how bad do you want it? And if you want it, there's a place to play and you're going to be able to, to have these experiences. Man, turning the tables and, and a mic drop would be in order right now. And I think that's a good note to end on. Um, and just so everyone out there is totally aware, uh, that's why we exist. We want to help you make it to college baseball and have experiences like the ones we had that helped to change our life. And we don't want to take your money for it. We just want you to make educated decisions and informed decisions throughout the process so that you can end up at a place that is a, a great fit for you. So guys, really fun uh, talking shop and getting a little background on your experiences. And I think, I think we have to do this again because as Eric said, there's, there's a whole nother podcast in some of these questions and a lot of things that we can talk about. Yeah, this was great. Thanks, Ethan. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us, Ethan. You got it. All right, guys. That's it for this podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in. Take care, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast brought to you by Keep Playing Baseball. As always, if you need more information on the recruiting process or how to play college baseball, you can find that for free on our website, www.keepplayingbaseball.org. We're also very active on social media. That's at Keep Playing BB on Twitter, Keep Playing Baseball on Facebook, and at Keep Playing Baseball on Instagram. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review, or at least tell your friends. We provide all this information for free because we want to help you get to the next level. If you're interested in a partnership or sponsorship in underwriting some of the Keep Playing Baseball content on our website or being the title sponsor or running ads on our podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to keepplayingbaseball at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to this episode, and we look forward to catching you on the next one.